Welcome to After the Storm Comes a Rainbow. This is a podcast about storms and how we all have tribulation in our life. It's about growing deeper in your faith with Jesus Christ. Being able to talk about things in our life that are hard, things that we don't always talk about to our friends or our family. We're going to be talking about depression and overcoming it, anxiety and overcoming it. And we are going to be talking about suicide. Yes, even suicide, because I don't think it's talked about enough in church. People are struggling and they are going through the hardest time of their life. And it's amazing how many people that I know in this Christian world that are struggling with the same thoughts and depression and anxiety that I went through a few years ago. Well, I am here to tell you that there's a way out. You are strong in the Lord and in his might. I just want you to lean in on his mercy. I want you to gather around with your blanket and your coffee, and I want you to just listen for what the Lord has to say to you. I want you to listen for what the Lord wants for you in your life, and I pray blessings and mercy over you and your family. I pray that you will be able to just stand strong in the Lord, for he is good, yes, and his mercy endures forever. Amen? All right, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of After the Storm Comes Rainbow. I'm your girl, Alicia, your host, and I want to talk about what's going on in the world today. So we are going to be talking about the coronavirus. Yes, the coronavirus. I am from Oklahoma, and I live in a town called Broken Arrow. So it's like we are actually dealing with a situation right now where you go into the store and there is no toilet paper and there's like no canned goods, no meat, no like medication. It's like everyone has literally lost their minds. Like they are like stocking up like it is like they're never going to be able to purchase food again. And I'm thinking they're going to have a truck again, but it's just frustrating when you have kids And you are like, first of all, you don't have very much toilet paper. And then you have to go find toilet paper, like hunt it down, like, and food, hunt it down, like your life depends on it. And it's just like annoying and frustrating, especially whenever you just want to feed your family and make sure they can wipe their butt. You know what I'm saying? Is that too much to ask? Just make sure that my kids are fed and that their butts are clean. I mean, they're teenagers. They already stink. It's like, I shouldn't have to deal with all of this as well. (laughs) Can we just be real for a minute? I mean, seriously, I'm just so ready for all of this to be over. And it's just like, how do you go from something where there's so much fear in everyone and they want to, I guess, protect themselves, stock up, make sure they can feed their families, But at what point do people say, I'm going to trust God? I'm going to put all of my trust into the hands of the creator, the one of heaven and earth, the one who made me, breathed his life into me. And But I have to remind myself, I was listening to a YouTube channel and he was talking about this. He literally was talking about the coronavirus and, you know, how we are in fear and all this other stuff and He's like, where's the church? Why? Where's the faith? And I told my husband about it. And I said, Chad, I said, we literally are the minority. Like Christians 
are there's more people that don't believe in God right now than there are people that believe in God. And so right now, the people that are in Christ, the people that do believe in Jesus, we have to stand up and we have to say that we are putting our trust in God. Yes, we have to be smart and go to the grocery store and get some food for our kids, whatever it is, because God says, do everything you can and then you stand, you know, and so it's just so important that we make sure that we are doing everything that we can. Um, And then it's like, it reminds me of the woman. And I'm going to read a few passages because the Lord just brought her to my mind as I was starting this podcast. And I want to go ahead and start this off in prayer. And then I'm going to get into the story about the woman and her son, how they were going to lay down and die because there was no food. Okay, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, I just come to you, Father God, and I just yield my spirit to you, Father God. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that your anointing will flow through me, that you will be able to speak to your people, Father, and that you will be able to wrap your arms around them through anything that they're going through. Strengthen them in their mind, in their spirit, and in their body, Father God. Quicken their spirit so much that they can feel your presence, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just be able to pour out your peace among your people and that everyone will understand that you, Lord, are the Son of God, Father God. I just thank you so much for everything that you do in our lives. And I just pray, Father God, that you will use me. Holy Spirit, I yield my spirit to you and you have every right to do anything that you wish through me, Father God, you may use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, okay, so as I was preparing and getting ready, I was led to a few other verses as well. Because the Lord does not want you to worry. He wants you to understand that he is the one that will take care of you no matter what happens. No matter what happens, okay? All right, so we are going to First Kings chapter 17. Elijah fed by ravens. Okay, so we're going to actually start in chapter two. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Oh my goodness. Can you see that right there? I have commanded them to bring you food. The Lord can command even the birds of the air to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And that's because Elijah had that very first verse, you guys can see that he said that there will be no dew of rain during the next few years until I give the word. And it's just like, we don't have to worry because we know that God will provide. And even when there was no more water, like no more that they could drink from because there was no rainfall, God still provided for them to be able to survive. You know, if God can pour out his spirit upon all flesh, don't you think that that spirit that is in you will take care of you? Don't you think the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you? 
and tell you where to go, what to do, who to speak to. And he will make sure that there is a way for you to be fed there. He will make sure that there's a way for you to make it through this. There is a way that you will survive no matter what comes your way. You're going to get through it now. Okay. So we're going to go to the widow of uh, Zarephath. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. And the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah, some time later the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What did you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. Okay, so that was so great. That was so good. Going back to the very beginning, because I want to start there, when it says, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. And did you notice that whenever Elijah had told her to bring him some bread, 
The first response that she gave him was that she only had a handful of flour and a little bit of olive oil left in a jar. And she told him that she was going to lay down, lay down and die. She was going to make this for her and her son, feed it, and they were going to die. And I love how Elijah, how he knew what the word of the Lord was to him, that the Lord told him he had instructed this widow to feed him, that he didn't just give up and say, okay. No, he said, you go ahead and you go do what you said you're going to do. And when you do that, I want you to make me some bread as well. Like he told her, you go make me a loaf of bread. You make yourself some food too. And then that jar and that of olive oil, that jar of flour will not run dry. And can you imagine going into your kitchen knowing that that is all you have and you're mixing it together and it's not running dry? Oh, that's so good because I feel like the Lord is revealing so much here saying that even when you have nothing, when you think you have nothing and you're obedient to God and what God has instructed you to do, he will supply your need. He will meet your need and take you where you are supposed to be and bring the right people to you. Because even then, she, you could tell she didn't quite know, but she knew he was a man of God, but she wanted him to prove that he was a man of God because she went to him and said, what do you have against me? Is it my sin? Because she must have known that not only is he a man of God, that he knew things about her because she said, is it my sin that you have against me? And he said, give me your child, woman. And when he called out to the Lord and the Lord healed this child, brought him back to life. And she was like, I know you're a man of God. Because when you have that heart of bringing dead things back to life and you want to restore what the enemy has stolen or tried to steal or kill, you are a child of God. And when the enemy tries to tear you down, oh, no, 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 no. You stand strong on the word of God. You stand strong on what God says. And you say, my God says it is written. And whatever God has put in your heart for the verses that he has poured into you, you say, my God said it is written. I shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Oh, my God said it is written that I shall not worship anything in this world, but only my God. You know, you've got to guard your heart and you've got to speak out these things that God says it is written. You know, by his stripes, I am healed. Do you believe it? Do you believe that by his stripes you are healed? Do you believe that those 39 stripes that Jesus took for you bore those on his back that you are healed? Do you believe it? Do you believe that his body was broken and bruised for you? Do you believe that when he sweated out blood, that that was for your mind, the peace of mind? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? I do. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that the Bible is true. I believe every single thing that God says will come to pass. I believe I know because I know him. And if you're still questioning, if you're still wondering, is God real? Does he really love me? Is he really there for me? Why is God letting these things happen? These things are happening because God said it would happen. 
There are things in this world that are happening because God declared it would happen before the end of time. He said it. It's in Revelation. There is so much in there. God said it has to happen before the end comes. Has to. And what do we do while we're waiting, while we're here on this earth? Do we just sit and just, oh, just fret and worry and be in fear? No, we don't be in fear. We teach the next generation. We teach them how to stand on the word of God. We teach them that these things shall follow those who believe. I'm going to read that verse for you because the Lord led me there as well. Mark 16 and it's verse 17 through 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Okay, I am just I had told one of my friends the other day, I said, you know, I believe in the laying on of hands and how people get better from being sick. And she said, I believe the same thing. And I have to tell you guys that there was a time when Kaysen had got a, a fever and I was reading the Believer's Authority and I started to get this, this rise inside of me. And I got up and I went into his room and I just started saying Jesus over him. And I started casting things out and he just laid there and just let me do it. He is 13 and he didn't say anything. He wasn't like, uh, mom, get out of my room, like, or leave me alone. And I probably said Jesus over him for over 30 minutes. And I think that's how it should be. We should be able to say and speak the name of Jesus over our children. And it should be so normal and natural for them that they are just not, they are so like, yeah, this is just what my mom does. Like, you know, and they believe they, it starts to build their faith because then they're healed and they're like, well, (laughs) I guess, I guess Jesus is real, you know, because children, they have so many questions and they have that childlike faith that they just believe. And when it's reinforced, they're like, oh yeah, like I cling to that, you know, teach a child in the way they shall go. And when they're older, they shall not stray from that. And it's so real. And the more that you grasp onto it, the more that it'll become real to you as well. And, you know, I am so blessed that I have a, I have a testimony that is so amazing. And I think that's why I believe so much. And I, I believe so hard and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God, that he saved me, that he rescued me. And, oh man, it's just a blessing to think about and to, to be a child of God. It means so much that he saw me worthy, even when I didn't feel worthy. And to know that I am loved by the creator of heaven and earth. There is nothing that is more precious to me than the love of God. And the Lord, he led me to a verse this morning when I got up, he gave me Romans 8, 8, and he told me to read and then until pretty much he told me to stop. And so I'm going to read it for you. 
We're going to start in Romans 8, verse 8. Okay? Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Yes, we are his children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the fr first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, for those God foreknew. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Also those he predestined, he also called those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, 
who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. 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 I truly believe that the word of God does not come back void. I believe that God has already spoken everything into existence. When he said it is finished, when Jesus died on that cross, it was finished. I believe that God knew all of this. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows you, my friend. He knows you. God of heaven and earth, He knows you. And as much as we are going through this hard time in this world, we have to look and see what God is saying. What is the Bible saying right now? Where are we in Bible prophecy? What time is it? We're going to pray. Father God in heaven, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will protect your people, Father. I pray that they will lean into the verses um, that we have spoken about, Father God, that they have the Spirit of God living inside of them. Father, I pray that anyone that is not filled with the Holy Spirit, Father God, I pray that you will fill them with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I pray, Father God, that they will understand and have the evidence of speaking in tongues with interpretation. Father God, I know that your power is true. I pray, Father God, that people will feel the anointing of your presence and your power, Father God, and that it will just fall upon them. Oh, Father God, by your glory, I thank you so much, God. I thank you, Father God, that no matter what comes our way, that you you have us in your hands, that you know our names, that we are not forgotten by you. Even when the world says, where is God? Oh, my God lives on the inside of me. Oh, my God is for me. My God is fighting with me. My God has protected me and my family. My children shall know, they shall know the glory of the Lord. They shall know his presence and they will know you. I thank you, God, for everything that you are doing in the midst of all of this chaos. I put my peace in you because you have given me peace and I put all of my hope and trust in you because everything comes from you. 
I give you my life because you have given me life. Every breath I take is of you and from you. Breathe life into your people, Father God. Anyone that needs to feel your presence again, Father, I pray that you will breathe your life into them, that those things that are dead will come back to life, Father, that there is nothing that is too far gone that you cannot bring back and restore. Father God, I thank you so much for everything that you are doing in our lives. No matter what comes our way, Father God, I pray that we will all trust you. Thank you, Father, for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I hope that everyone enjoyed this podcast today, and I hope that we can all just lean in closer to the Lord and to lean into him and believe his word is true and to trust in him. All right, everyone, I hope you guys have a blessed day. Remember to love your neighbor as yourself and be the light in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and God bless wherever you're at as well, your land, your home, and your family. Have a great day. Amen.